Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Got Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman today. On ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPNU. Oh, we'll get back into LeBron and that pain that has everything to do and nothing to do with the basketball court. We're going to do that in about 10 minutes because, believe me, you're going to wait on what you have to, what Jay is going to say about Anthony Davis and stepping up if he can do it. That comes your way in about 10 minutes. But we stay at the National Football League and the Indianapolis Colts, part of the offseason when it comes to the NFL on KJM. They are the number four team picking number four in the upcoming NFL draft. So what are they going to do? Stay there or move up? Let's bring in Stephen Holder, part of ESPN NFL Nation as a Colts reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Holder Stephen. So, Stephen, what does your gut tell you about the likelihood that the Colts try to trade up into the number one spot that the Bears have right now? You know, it's, it's a really compelling thing, right? Because it makes a lot of sense. They have been on this quarterback carousel since Andrew Luck retired. I'm tired of it. They're tired of it. The fans are tired of it, right? (laughs) I'm exhausted, y'all. Okay, trust me. But listen, here's the thing. They have a situation where they have a general manager who in six drafts, Chris Ballard, he has only picked in the first round three times. He's traded out one time. He's traded for players in other instances. So I think there's two – there's two schools of thought here. There's like there's the there's the previous and the precedent, and then there's the current and and the need that they have here. So it's a really tough thing to do. But my gut says they probably stay put. But I'm just telling you, I I think it's really tough to overlook the the six years of this this sort of or five years of this carousel too. Wow. So Stephen, let, let me ask you: if they stay put at four. Do you think is the answer C.J. Stroud is he is he the answer for the Colts in your opinion? I think he could be. I definitely think I'll put it this way: none of us know this, but but I I look at C.J. Stroud and I ask myself, why does this feel a little bit like Justin Herbert a few years ago? Hmm. What I mean by that is, if you remember when Justin Herbert came out, everyone was like, "All right, good player, not sexy, we like him." But, you know, there are other guys. Remember, Tua was coming out that year. There were certainly more compelling names, right? And then what happened? They drafted him in Los Angeles, and it turns out he really didn't have a whole lot of flaws about him, right? And I kind of see that replaying in C.J. Stroud. Now, I don't know what his ceiling is. You know, who knows? But right now, I mean, if you look at him, he's probably got the least or the, the fewest concerns, right? You certainly have the concerns about Bryce Young's size. Uh, you don't have that here. Um, he may have some areas where he is not as off the charts as others, and that's fine. And and I don't know what, like I said, the ceiling is, but there's not a lot of knocks either. So I think he could be a solution. Stephen Holder, hit him on Twitter. Holder Stephen, part of ESPN NFL Nation, covering the Indianapolis Colts with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. So I get the sense that would be their pick if they moved up, that C.J. Stroud would be there. They have a new coaching staff. 
what else do they really need that if they're going to move up to number one and get that quarterback to kind of fortify that pick if it's going to be C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State? Well, I think if they move up, let me clarify. I think if they move up, I think you have to be moving up for someone you are absolutely a 1,000% enamored with. And I I think that player in this draft is probably Bryce Young, frankly, because I think from an overall talent standpoint, he's the best guy. The question is if they – if we're talking if they stay at number four and who, who maybe comes to them, then I think it's probably Stroud. But uh, I do think that this the one thing that's interesting about the Colts right now is they really feel strongly that the, the new offense and the new philosophy under Shane Steichen, their new head coach, they feel like it's going to allow them to be a team where any of these quarterbacks can have some success. They feel like he's versatile, and he's done it, right? He, speaking of Justin Herbert, he was with him his rookie year in Los Angeles. Then he goes to the other coast and he's with talking about Shane Steichen here. And now he's with in Philadelphia, Jalen hurts. Oh, they just go to a super bowl and he turns him into uh, a superstar quarterback. And so the versatility of his scheme and his success with different types of quarterbacks, those guys are very, very different. I think it, it sets a precedent there that they can have success with a different type of guy and I think there are different types of guys available in this draft. I think it opens up the options for the Colts in their estimation. Hey, can you just go a little bit deeper into detail on why you believe, like if the Colts were to move up, obviously that's for Bryce Young. You think he's the most talented quarterback in the draft? Why? I mean, I think he, I think he's just the, the guy who's got the most dynamic skill set. He, he just does. And, and then I think you think, look at things like pocket presence and, and things of that nature. I mean, the things that rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks really struggle with. He has that. He has demonstrated that over the last two years, I think, better than anybody in college football. It's not even close. Really, if, he, if this guy was 6'4", we would not be debating who was the number one pick in the NFL draft. I, I, I really believe that, right? If he was 6'4", 220, this would have been a slam dunk, and and the Bears would be having a, uh, you know, an auction for the first round for the first <laughs> overall pick because they could get whatever they want, right? right? So I, I just think his skill set is just the best. Um, with Stroud, like I said, I, I think the issue with Stroud or the question with Stroud is what is his ceiling? Only the question is what kind of player is he now? I think he's a pretty good player now. I don't, don't I don't think anyone's debating that. The question is how dynamic can he be? That, I think, is is where Bryce Young has the edge. Stephen Holt, the ESPN NFL Nation Colts report, and Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. The one thing, and you made the point in terms of how much they traded out of the first round, but now they're not going to do that, having the fourth pick and having a new head coach. What does it say about the Colts that it could have been very easy that Jeff Sadik could have gotten this job and they decided to not have one of their holdovers, a guy who played for the organization, that I believe they made the right decision to move on from him and bring in Shane Steichen to take over this organization at head coach. Yeah, well, I will tell you, the, the things that people in the organization have said is that they need. That there's been, been one issue with this team, one big issue, overarching issue, the last few years, and it is the quarterback situation. It has basically overshadowed everything else. And this is a guy they think that will help them get that position on track. And frankly, their offense overall, because one of the mistakes the Colts have made the last few years is to keep thinking that they're a quarterback away. Well, frankly, they were really never a quarterback away. And, and what's quarterback, right? Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes or Phillip Rivers, right? I mean, there's a difference, right? 
And I think every so many teams out there think they're a quarterback away, but this past season showed other flaws on the offensive side for the Colts right. beyond the quarterback. And so this was definitely a guy who they brought in to help get that on track. And just Saturday wasn't nearly as equipped to do that, frankly. Um, he might have been a good motivator and things like that, but that is not what they saw as their greatest need right now. Steven, real quick for you. I mean, if you had a choice, you, between Eric Bieniemier or Shane Steichen, which one would you take? It's really interesting. I, hmm. I get the Shane Steichen hire, but I also think the sustained excellence mm-hmm. with Eric Bieniemier is just, I just I don't know how you ignore it. And and I'm just I'm flabbergasted. I really am flabbergasted why it's taken this long and why this man is in all the places Washington right now. I don't understand it. No one can explain it. No one has explained it, right? And at the end of the day, look, I, I think you're you're making impossible comparisons on these things, right? When you're talking about offensive coordinators. But at the end of the day, what has happened with Eric Bieniemy has never been fully explained adequately to my to my knowledge and to my satisfaction. And I think that is very telling. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I just, you know, for the record, and, and Steichen could do a really good job and be extremely successful yeah. as a head coach. But sure. it's just interesting, you know, we're, we're we're talking about what the process was like for Patrick Mahomes and how much Eric Bieniemy has played a pivotal role in that process with Andy Reid. And why wouldn't that be so suitable? Or why wouldn't that be so attractive mm-hmm. for a team that's looking to draft a young quarterback who had a chance to be coached by a guy who molded the best quarterback in the game of football today. He's had the same career path as Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt yes. Nagy has been a head coach, got hired from go. that position, been a head coach, gotten fired, and got the job back, and Eric Bannon is still in the same position. Make it make sense. Yeah. yeah. No, because it's the NFL, and they're going to do what they want, and that's going to be the end of that. <laughs> Great stuff, Stephen. We'll talk to you soon to catch up with you. Thanks so much. All right, Stephen. All right, fellas. Stephen Hold, the ESPN NFL Nation Colts reporter. Hit him on Twitter at Holder Stephen, joining Freddie Coleman and Jay Williams on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Rich in Washington has something to say about the NFL draft at triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Richie Rich, what you got? Rich, you there? Uh, there you go. There you go. Hey Rich. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's going hey, on? So man? I just I I just wanted to speak, man, on uh I don't understand why some of these teams are trying to move up for Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and all that good stuff. I get it. These kids are talented. If if you ask my opinion, the best quarterback in the draft is Anthony Richardson. Mm. Uh, I feel like the Bengals gave the NFL the blueprint to how to draft. When they drafted Joe Burrow, they were 2-14 and 14 that, that year, I believe. And the next year when they drafted him, they went 4-12, and 12, but they got T. Higgins in the second round. They turned around and go get Jamar Chase the very next year. This is a five-star guy playing with five-star athletes at a great program like LSU, and you go get him all the talent in the world to surround him. They drafted four offensive linemen in those in, in the next three years, and only one of those guys came in the second round. The rest were in the fourth and the sixth round. Why do you think it, so that, if you're looking well, at talent? Rich, why do you think that Anthony Richardson is the best quarterback in the draft? Oh, man, you're talking about a guy that can throw the ball 60 yards flat-footed, 6'4", 240, probably runs about a, a high 4'3", 440. He has all the tools that you want, I think, as an as a, as a NFL quarterback that can change a franchise, uh, especially when you look at what Jalen Hurts was able to do this year. And he, to me, no, no shade against Jalen. He's a great QB, but he doesn't have the arm talent, I think, that Anthony Richardson has. 
but all the physical attributes. That's that's fair, but here's the one problem I have with Anthony Richardson, and maybe he'll fix that in the NFL. Jalen Hurts was able to become a more accurate passer when he kept moving up at Alabama, even though he lost his job to Tua Tagovailoa, and then the year he played Oklahoma, we saw what he was able to do. Anthony Richardson may be able to throw the ball, as they like to say, a country mile, 65 yards down the field, but he has a lot of problems hitting the five- to seven-yard passes, and you got to be able to do that in the National Football League. Maybe he'll get a chance to do that, Jay, and get to the right team that can – be patient with him as a project. But as of right now, I know he has the physical talents. That doesn't mean that's going to be the end all, the be all, to becoming a successful quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, all, I, the, the entire draft is about where you get drafted, unless you're a transcendent-like talent. Right? right. No doubt. No doubt about that. And right now, I don't see transcendent-like talent when it comes to Anthony Richardson, despite having all those kind of tools. Always keep weighing in at triple eight say ESPN, 888 Three seven seven six. Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. So LeBron's going to be out for more than a minute because of foot injury he suffered on Sunday. What will the Lakers look like and not just the rest of this year? This is ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn. Jay Will and Max. I didn't see the Lakers really contending anyway with a healthy LeBron James. I saw them making a push realistically for the six seed. So now you're telling me LeBron James is going to miss several weeks. I see this being the Lakers season. In Everybody's going to shift the focus yep. to AD, which I get. But are we realistically going to expect Anthony Davis to all of a sudden get the Lakers to a seventh or eighth seed? He's Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and ESPNU. So from a hearing a pop on Sunday to this on Tuesday morning, that has been the world of LeBron James in the last 48 hours. He had that foot injury. Here's how it sounded on Sunday on ESPN and also ABC. It's been better. 
uh, that's for sure. But um, definitely wasn't uh, going to go to the locker room and not finish the game on tonight. Um, just, you know, understood the importance of the game and then the momentum that we had. I felt like we could, you know, steal one after being down. But um, we monitor the next couple of days, see how it feels, and go from there. Well, we got that answer because when I heard that, Jay, on Sunday, I said, boy, that doesn't sound like a guy that's tired or weary. That sounds like a guy that knows his body, and this is going to be a lot worse than anybody could have anticipated. They said it was just going to be foot soreness. That's why he's going to be out on Tuesday versus Memphis. Well, we found out the exact reason, and you made the very salient point in terms of not like this team was contending or regarded as a contender before the injury, so they're really out of it now. This is what happens that people are so seduced by what they did at the trading deadline and LeBron James and Anthony Davis being healthy to say that, man, if they get it, if they get it, all of a sudden, look (laughs) out now. That's what happens by the seduction of what they did at the trading deadline. Freddie, where they say media is the most powerful tool in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Things that we start talking about, oh, those are the important points. Are they all the time? (laughs) about the God's ears. And Charles Barkley has said this before. I've said it on this show. I'm like, I get that it's the Los Angeles Lakers. I understand his story. I, I, I get what comes along with the purple and gold and, and the fact that they have LeBron James there. But like, I, I firmly, and this is me as a basketball player. I know we will talk about LA because LA is one of the biggest markets there is in the country and in the world. LeBron James is probably the biggest superstar in the world, or he's in that debate, right? Sure. He's in the room. I'd much rather, as a basketball fan, talk about the Sacramento Kings than talk about the Lakers. I'd rather the talk about the Kings Milwaukee Bucks, too. The Kings are more impressive to me this year with what they've been able to put together with DeMontis Sabonis, with Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. Malik Monk and company, what they've been doing, how they've been talking, game against the head against the Clippers. Like, I know. They are a team that deserves my attention and my time more so than a team like LeBron and the Lakers, who I still think even after the moves with D'Lo and Malik Beasley and company, I still thought they would have a chance to be like a seven or eight seed. Mm-hmm. That's where realistically we had them. And now with LeBron James being out, right, if that's several weeks to foot soreness with where his usage rate is, playing the second most minutes he has in his Los Angeles Lakers career, 37 minutes per game at 38 years old, like the foot thing is a massive thing because right. he initiates their offense. He makes everything easier for Anthony Davis, for Dennis Schroeder, for Rui Hachimara, right? For all these additive pieces, Austin Reeves. You take him away now as a defense. I'm saying, oh, it's only you, Anthony Davis. Oh, I'm going to throw shade. There's going to be somebody shading you every place you go. You're going to see two, three, multiple defenders. Oh, and now everybody else has to score 40. And there's no D'Lo, too. He's still not playing. So I, this moves them far away from the playoff conversation, in my opinion. I can't wait to see what the future is going to look like because the further and further they get away from being a championship contender, there's going to have to be some very interesting decisions that have to be made. Not just by LeBron James, but maybe it's the Lakers organization. Because the adage is always true. If you're in the middle in professional sports, then you know where. If you're not starting on blowing it up to at least build a baseline to get back to where you are, or if you're not at the top contending for championships, if you're in the middle, you are in the hinterlands. You're in wasteland. And that's the last place that a guy like LeBron James wants to be because he's there now with the Los Angeles Lakers. He's been there ever since they won the championship. That second year he was in L.A. and everybody was in the bubble, even though there was a while there where people didn't want to be there. So now if you're the Lakers – 
what are you going to do about the future? Because when he comes back from this injury, it's going to be too late, for, to your point, it's going to be too late for them to do anything in this regular season to have any kind of impact. You're right. You got Sacramento. You got Denver. You got Memphis. If Golden State gets healthy, you got the Clippers. If the Clippers stay healthy, I think, to me, they have the best coach in the Western Conference in Ty Lue. You got Milwaukee. You got Boston. You got Philly in the East. You got other teams that are more championship contenders that you're going to have to deal with if you're the Lakers. So whenever he comes back, it's going to be too late this year. But what about next year? Do you pay the luxury tax, go after Kyrie Irving, yes. and think that's going to happen? Yes. But does that make LeBron James and Anthony Davis any healthier? You saw the way they dapped each other at the All-Star. Yes, you, you go for that oh, relationship. He's got his eyes there, yep. Kyrie he, Irving. Yeah. And, and LeBron's focused there, too, because that's another ball handler that can take pressure off of him, and it's another person that can initiate the offense, which is what this team needs. Like all the teams LeBron James has played on has won championships, he's had somebody else to help initiate the offense, whether that's D. Wade or whether that was Kyrie Irving. I mean, even in the bubble, they had me – people look over Alex Caruso. Like, and I know it's not a name that's going to jump up, but what he brought to the table defensively, Kentavia, KCP, mm-hmm. what he's brought to the team defensively too, you lost a lot of your identity when you let those pieces go, and now you're trying to ask other guys to do that. Can't do it at the same clip. Especially that age, when it comes so to LeBron James. The real, especially that the real, age. You have LeBron James for another year. LeBron mm-hmm. James goes down. Yeah. Anthony Davis has played 36 minutes three years ago, uh, 36 games. Last year, 40 games. This year, 37 games. The real question is, what do you do with AD? Okay. Because I, I'm I, I'm not sure, I, I don't know what the answer is, Freddie. What do, you, what do you think the answer should be? What would you do if you you're Rob like Polenka? I, I would like to trade him, but I'm not sure what trade compensation I would get for Anthony Davis. Because everybody's going to say he's injury prone. He's apt to being injury prone. So that decreases his value overall. So like you made your commitment to him. Can you add additive pieces around if you can get a Kyrie, if you get a Bradley Bill, if you can get dynamic guards? Yes, I think you have to go in that direction. Good luck trying to do that, Anthony Davis. As talented as he is, and we know what kind of numbers that he can put up. We know what kind of skill set that he has. But that lack of availability or the potential murky waters that that is, that if, you, if, if you're bringing an Anthony Davis to your team, you're really hoping that you can just bathe him somewhere where he can just be totally injury-free for the majority of a regular season. And that's not going to happen based on the previous track record that we've seen for a guy that as great as he is, more often than not, he's not going to be there instead of being there. Uh, me and my boys were talking about this the other day, a couple of guys who play overseas and in the league, and we said we need to – we need to cut, if he were healthy, out of our lexicon, out of our vernacular. Because we use it that. way too much. Well, you know, if he was healthy, mm-hmm. okay. But like, it gets to a certain point where you look back at a player's track record and you yeah. say, like, what is the durability factor here? Like, this year he was durable for 80% of the games. Okay. And the next year it drops to 30. Wait, is it? Is it? what's the average? Is the average 35 40%? Mm-hmm. Right. If that's so... I know that the talent is worth this money, but I need the talent to translate and be available on the court, and I would question that around Anthony Davis. If anything, an injury that should get more play is Giannis Antetokounmpo of Milwaukee because if he's compromised, that really allows Boston to be more of a threat to get out of the East. And opens maybe, the door for Philly, too. I was going to say that opens the door for Philly or maybe somebody else in the East, but there's always that one team that can make a run that can get to close to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, but either way, when it comes to LeBron, and AD and the near future. Stay tuned. Jay Williams, Freddie Coleman together, and Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. And by the way, all these Lakers injuries 
why would that be appealing to Kyrie Irving to join up with them anyway in free agency? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I didn't see the Lakers really contending anyway with a healthy LeBron James. I saw them making a push realistically for the six seed. So now you're telling me LeBron James is going to miss several weeks. I see this being the Lakers season. Everybody's going to shift the focus to AD, which I get. But are we realistically going to expect Anthony Davis to all of a sudden get the Lakers to a seventh or eighth seed? He's Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman in on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. One thing I've learned about filling in on this show with you guys, I learned that if I say something, either it's going to come back to haunt me or it's going to be good for the show, good for the soul, and damn it, good for the country. Fast Eddie. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned Rupi tempted to touch, but a half an hour ago. Hey, and, Yates and, found it, baby. And Alan Sharpton Yates found it immediately. Alan Sharpton well, Yates. Well, <laughs> well, since we're on that topic. Hot Sauce Freddy. Oh, yeah. God. I forgot about oh, Hot Sauce Freddy. God. Hot Sauce Freddy. Yeah, Hot Sauce Freddy. He talks too some cold for the Kango today, cold, Jay, yeah. but it's cool. I've been wearing the Kango in a while. I've gone straight to Washington Heights Freddy out here. That's what we need. That's where all we need is for me to be compared to Iceberg Slim. We don't need that for the show. We don't need that for the soul. We don't need that for the country. Hot Sauce Freddy. What kind of hot sauce do you think Kyrie Irving's going to have when it comes to think about the Lakers once this season with Dallas is over? The only chance I see Kyrie Irving coming to the Lakers because he would need to take a significant pay cut. Okay. Because they can't pay him the max because they wouldn't be able to fill out the roster in the hard cap. Okay? Would be the divine Holy Spirit of Kobe Bryant. That would be the only hmm. reason why hmm. I would see Kyrie Irving okay. willing to take a pay cut at this stage of his career to become a Laker is to take the mantle from LeBron James on an organization that was once held by his beloved mentor and all of our dear friends and Kobe Bryant. It's the only I, reason. Well, I didn't think about that. It's the only reason. The only reason. Unless, you know, L.A., the lifestyle, and if Kai wanted that. I think it's more realistic, frankly, to see Kai yeah. staying in Dallas because Dallas is light years closer to winning a championship okay. than the Lakers are. Okay. Lakers are closer to a rebuild than I feel like the Lakers are to a championship. Um, That's fair and accurate. And, and Dallas Lakers. will be able to pay him. And by the way, you're thinking about how do you build out a roster with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and some other pieces in the West that gives you an extended runway other than LeBron James wanting to join Bronny in a year now. And you have Anthony Davis 
who is talented but has proven to you over the course of his career that his durability isn't where you would need it to be. I, I got something interesting I want to ask you about that Kyrie Irving staying in Dallas situation, Luka Doncic. First things first, Kendrick in South Carolina wants to win on LeBron's injury in the Lakers' future at 888-729-3776. Kendrick from the Palmetto State, what you got? Hello? Hey, hey Kendrick, go ahead. What's up, Kendrick? What's going on, Jay? What's up? What's going on, Sauce Fred? <laughs> Hot Sauce Freddy, there you go. I appreciate that, Hot brother. Sauce Everything is good. Kendrick, what you got for us? <laughs> Yeah, my question was for Jay. Um, I think did I hear you say uh, low management was the reason that LeBron got hurt? No, I no, said no. how does it make you think about low management for a guy that's playing you know forty minutes a night at the age of thirty eight to keep his team in playoff contention? Does it make you think differently about it? Oh, okay. I thought I heard you said uh, low management was the reason um, he got hurt. But my second question is like. As far as low management go, I know you say you're a big fan of the game and you love to go to games or whatnot, and you get upset when players like Tatum or whoever's not in the game. But, you know, you can't – the fans look at y'all differently when y'all make comments like that because, you know, you can't compare y'all situation into, you know, the average regular joke. So, you know, sometimes fans get angry when we hear, you know, celebrities or whatnot say things, make comments like that. So, you know, that's that's a really interesting point, Kendrick, really and is. I'm glad you brought it up. So just it to let really you know, is. Kendrick, I've been on both sides of this, okay? I've been, and it gives me a unique perspective. Like, I've been an NBA player, and then I also came back after my career was over and worked at a job where I made $40,000 a year and was doing a lot of grunt work, carrying my own equipment, like working. Cra- now, I'm not saying I was... A guy working in construction or things like that. I have friends that I've worked yeah. in that from Jersey. Right. Nobody's comparing that. Right. Workloads are completely different. Mm-hmm. I get the everyday person that is trying to make ends meet and the things they have to go through in order to pay for an NBA ticket. Right. One of our producers tonight is going to the Bucks game to go see the Nets play the Bucks. Spent an absurd amount of money, and now he's not going to get a chance to see Giannis play. Now he's not going to get a chance to see Kevin Durant play with the Nets mm-hmm. or Kyrie Irving or James Harden, whereas a year ago he was thinking about this game very differently. The reality, and I, I get the challenge of that. Right. There is also the challenge to Kendrick's point of playing 82 games, man. And I'm just telling people it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. It's, it's three to four games a week, and the wear and tear it puts on your body. And I hear Anthony Edwards say, I don't know why, guys. That's great, young fella. You're in your second year. That's great. But when you start getting into year eight, year nine, year ten, where you played over, and it's just not those games. Like mm-hmm. You're training all year long. And I hear what people say, well, you go back to the 70s and 80s, and guys, just they just played through it. They had no other choice but to do that. And now you're sitting there, and a lot of times the fans are the ones criticizing the players. I'm like, no, I'll criticize the system. Because technology is also telling the teams, hey, if I need my players to be ready when the postseason comes around, maybe the optimal games we want him to play is 61, 62. And don't sleep that there are conversations about this for players at the beginning of the year where they say, okay, here's a back-to-back. We want you to take that second night off on the back-to-back. We don't, Because then we have three games at five nights. We don't want you to push yourself. You're also coming off injury. So like, it's also baked into the schedule from the team perspective. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the players are the ones, Freddie, that get all the, the flack about low management. Well, you know why? Because money clouds people's judgment. 
People see the money that professional athletes make, and they would love to be in that situation, but they know they're never going to be in that situation. So they think, well, I'm spending my hard-earned money, relatively speaking, to see you guys play, and you're not going to be there. I'm feeling let down. I'm feeling some kind of way as a fan. They've allowed, not everybody, and I don't want to make this a blanket statement, but the majority of people allow that kind of money, those kind of finances, to cloud their judgment about what load management. Why do you guys? These are the same people a lot of times that will take a day off from work because they don't feel like going in. And if you look at them and say, oh, you load management today, I guarantee you got to put your hands up because they don't want to hear that because they think I'm working a lot harder at my job and not making the kind of money that you guys are supposed to be doing. Why can't you put it out there? You can't compare two different disciplines when it comes to a power structure and a financial structure when it comes to professional sports. You don't do the same thing with people who decide not to be on stage on Broadway or if they're feeling sick and they can't do a concert when it comes to being a singer. They don't attach that so much to them, but it's really easy to attach that to pro athletes because those are the ones you see. And if you don't see them, why can't you do that when you know what you signed up for based on their, their memory and also their mindset is clouded by the money that they see going to professional sports. Or the worst of the like the use of the word, like, all oh, celebrities, right? Like, like, celebrities. So it's like, look, there are loopholes in a lot of bylaws if you pay attention to it. It's like, oh, well, you didn't pay your taxes. Well, mm-hmm. uh, some guy found some loopholes to get out of his taxes, yeah, because, which I would behoove yeah. you to do the same if yeah. you can find it out. Yeah, because we talk about not paying our taxes, but a lot of us don't actually do I it. We pay our taxes. Not, exactly. We're not trying so, to go to jail. <laughs> so, like, it, it's the thing, though. It's like, so, like, some of these things occur and you hear players. And, and what is low management? Who, who, who does that really pertain to, Freddie? Because I hear the blanket term used. I never hear and, it with NFL, like, I MLB. Never, I, but, but also, like who are the players it pertains to in the NBA? Well, they attach it to LeBron James all the time, and he's the one and that's he, not he's load the managing. opposite of it, right? They they usually attach it to him. The guy that is supposed to be attached, to, in my opinion, is Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard because that's why I first heard this term. So why do we keep using it as if it pertains to every player in the league? Because Kawhi Leonard is not a polarizing figure compared to LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard doesn't give a bleep what people have to say. He's shown that. How many times have we not heard but anything? It, it's from all, Kawhi it's like, so if I roll my ankle, right, and all of a sudden I'm playing, like, I have a grade three sprain. Yeah. Right? Like, because Shaq comes down on my ankle. Yeah. Which has happened to me before. Shaq came down on my ankle. I know. We almost lost you. So, yeah. <laughs> I almost was not here. Praise the Lord Jesus. Right? So all of a sudden, if I'm on a back to back and I'm like, man, I try to give it a go the first game. Yeah. But then the second game, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can walk. I can, but I, it doesn't behoove me to try to go again. Yeah. Like, and I, if I take, to, am I low managing? Like, is that, is that the negative connotation? Or am I trying to ensure that I can play more games later by not putting on more of a load now yeah. if I'm trying to come off injury? What's the timeline around what my comeback should be off an injury? And that's something that's not just your decision. And a lot of players that are, a lot of people that are talking about load management haven't played 82 games before. So, like, I, I hear it. I understand it. Once again, as a fan, I'm not comparing the workload of somebody who's doing construction every day Absolutely. from six o'clock in the morning to five o'clock at night. I've seen that's different. That's way different. But like this is also a different level of where you know. I, and I hear what fans are saying, like, "Oh, we pay your salary. You pay about eight or nine percent of the salary. It's a lot of TV money now. Mm-hmm. That even without fans, we would still be having games going on. Like, I, it, I'm not I'm not demeaning that or right. be little." Like, it still factors into it. It's just a different kind of business. Great stuff by Jay Williams. I'm Lon Freddie The scarcity is different. It really is. He's Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman here in Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. We're going to talk about more of that when it comes to LeBron James' injury. Not so much load management, but also with Kyrie and Luka Doncic. 
why this could be the problem, why they may not stay together in Dallas. This is ESPN Radio and ESPNU. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I didn't see the Lakers really contending anyway with a healthy LeBron James. I saw them making a push realistically for the sixth seed. So now you're telling me LeBron James is going to miss several weeks. I see this being the Lakers season. Everybody's going to shift the focus to AD, which I get. But are we realistically going to expect Anthony Davis to all of a sudden get the Lakers to a seventh or eighth seed? Take me back to Nassau, baby! Welcome oh. to the 90s reggae channel known as Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. Come on, Freddie. Nassau, my oh, people God, out no. there. Terra Fabulous Bahamas, in the building. Man, just there. Oh, yes, man. indeed. I miss y'all. With ESPN app and also ESPNU. Let's keep the group going when it comes to the NBA. She always does a fantastic job talking about the NBA and everything else. She is the Monica McNutt, ESPN NBA, NBA analyst on Twitter at McNutt Monica. Monica, now that we're here on the 90s R&B channel, also the reggae channel, we got LeBron James, and I'm sure he would go back to the 90s and be a little bit healthier. He's going to be out weeks based on the foot injury that happened on Sunday. What are your thoughts on the Lakers' chances when it comes to the near future making the playoffs? Morning, Freddie. Good morning, Jay will Good morning, Monica. Um, Way to start the segment. Listen, <laughs> I never had them uh, getting into that sixth seed off the break. Mm-hmm. Do I think this is a team that can still be a 9-10? Yes. I think it is an incredible opportunity for Anthony Davis, and I love the sound that we came in with, Jay Will, because it may be somewhat counterintuitive to expect him to be the guy that now leads this ship. However, I do think it's a legitimate opportunity. Um, 9-10 to me is not out of the question for them, even without LeBron. I mean, we got to see what happens with the T-Wolves in terms of their injuries. I don't expect Utah to hold where they are. Right. Um, and Anthony Davis is an MVP caliber type of talent. Can you do this in obviously the most pivotal stretch of this regular season, but in a small sample size as we come down the stretch? I think it's an incredible opportunity for him to uh, reinforce that he is something or someone, I should say, that the Lakers should be looking to build around because he's probably got more left in the tank than LeBron, I would think. Monica, I typically and always see eye to eye with you on a lot of different subjects, um, but I have to really disagree with you on this. Okay. I can't say anymore and will not say anymore that Anthony Davis is an MVP type of talent. I can't. I, 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 I used to, 
the line, he's a top five talent in the league, um, you know, his MVP talent are things that I used to say. I can't say that anymore because MVP talent to me are people that can carry franchises and pull them, you know, from the trenches. And I, I, I don't think I look at Anthony Davis like that anymore. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't equate to him not getting paid you know, big time money because I think that the talent does deserve money. And this is a scarcity type situation in business where you need talent and you have to grab talent. But I don't, I don't think I see him that way anymore. Is, is, do you, is that okay for me to push back on that comment that you made? Or do you still see him as an MVP talent? I think you are accurate in that assessment, Jay. Here's what I'm saying though. I still think the MVP talent potential is in there. Now this also becomes where, Potential is a backhanded compliment because it means you have not achieved what's already there, right? And so, yes, his track record, he has not been able to do that. But we've seen it in flashes, and so it's still in there. But if you were willing to, uh, if you were unwilling to still consider him in that category, I totally get that. I still buy that it's in there. Will it ever come to full fruition? I'm not sure. But if ever there was a window of time for him to do it with, uh, literally 20, yeah, yesterday was 21, 20 games left. This is far different than asking you to step into it for now an 82-game season. And so if we're going to get a flash of it, a bright flash of it, this is now the opportunity in my mind. I agree. So I just want to set the uh, set the record straight. Mm-hmm. Our bar is now that we're asking AD, who has MVP-like talent inside of him, which I agree with you inside, mm-hmm. whether it translates or not, is a different story. Mm-hmm. We're asking him to carry the Lakers to the 10th seed. To the postseason. Uh, to, to say the, it differently, Jay. To the postseason. Tennessee postseason, tomato, potato. It's really not the postseason. It's the play-in to get to the postseason. The postseason. Uh, that, like, that's what we're doing with the second-tier talent for the Lakers. Like, Just think about what we're saying out loud, Monica. I hear it. It's just it's it's mind-boggling to me that we're asking that. Like well, That's the expectation. Now, okay, so I think – I think you gotta take a step back a little bit. We gotta see the whole forest and not just the tree on okay, this one. All right. uh-huh. The hole that the Lakers are in this season because of the poor roster construction, Freddie and Jay, that everybody in basketball could see two years ago, yep. or at least a year ago for sure, um, is not per se AD's fault. Now, I do if LeBron is healthy and this team came into the season looking like this, do you buy that they are in a position to be fighting for a play in spot? Yes, if LeBron is healthy, and yes. No, with after the trade deadline team. So you don't think the post-trade deadline team is a team that would have actually oh, been no, solidified in the West? No, I, I think they would. I think they could have got to the sixth seed. Okay, I think they could have got to the right. Sixth and seed. so I think, I think the the forest is bad roster construction, health issues, and here we are now talking about their second tier talent making a push in twenty games to go to the postseason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like it, it's been a. It's been an ongoing theme, though, Monica. You know, like I feel like for LeBron James, his five years with the Lakers, other than the bubble, it's been that theme of, like, health issues and whether AD's available, what's going on with him. And each year, I mean, LeBron James, the last two years, his minutes have gone up, and we keep asking LeBron James to do more, and they haven't really provided the right pieces around him. So that, to me, is more reflection on management than anything. And I I think you and I agree, but here we are sitting in this situation, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so what is is something that could give this Lakers organization hope to salvage this season, 
to me, they need to see an Anthony Davis that shows, hey, I can do this potentially without LeBron. Now, how much do you buy Again, yeah. a 20-game sample season, uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. at least to me, that is more productive than them flopping around another injury and they don't even get into the play-in. Yeah, that's the last thing Lakers fans want to hear. Flopping around an injury next to Anthony Davis. They've seen enough of that to last a lifetime. Always appreciate you, Monica. Can't wait to catch with you soon. Thanks so much. Good to see y'all. All right, Monica. Great to see Monica McNutt, ESPN, NBA analyst here, and Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. And what does Mel Kuyper Jr. need to see from the quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft? That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.